Well, good evening, everybody. It is a perfect day here for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm Jimmy Palumbo, your host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. And my goal is to say Jimmy Palumbo as many times as I can in the first three minutes. Of course, we have a very special thing going on here. We have Chris behind the glass and also Dave Sturcio behind the glass. Um, of course, he's always further away, so you'll hear his and voice Dave, out of Dave the Dave doesn't have a mic today, yeah. He, well, he never really has a mic, yeah. but it's only when I mock out the Cowboys. But typically, anything. you don't really introduce him, but today he's actually in. He's actually he's a part he, of the production. He's so part of the production. He's so working the board because we have this new development here where I'm uh, – um, Chris is actually still in Matawan. I might be in, am I, I'm not sure. Am I in, am I in Aberdeen Township? That's how far away I am from, from Chris right now. I still don't know the difference between Matawan and Aberdeen. Nobody does. No. Well, what we do know is Matawan's a lovely place, except the section where our studios are. Um, I've said that joke 25 times. Still me. We're like in the ghetto. <laughs> it's just depressing. There's like stores that you don't want to go to. Anyway, this is show number 26. And you know what that means? We have to name the show and the jersey of a famous player. Now, right away, I'm thinking El Duque, uh, uh, obviously. Yeah, the El Duque is my top three. Right, El Duque, obviously. Um, you stole my guy I think one as of the most, usual, right off the rip. So let me go. One of the most overrated deeper. players in Yankee lore this year, DJ LeMayu. I think he stinks. Uh, old school, Eduardo Nunez. Shane Rawley. That's a shitty one right there. On, then football, little Adrian Peterson, little Rod Woodson. Um, two players I didn't root for, but hey. Then you got Wade Boggs. Um, Wade Boggs, I think one year play had it, he had it for. If it says it online, I uh, yeah, also you some got of these that he's just saying like Adrian Peterson wore number twenty six for a uh, cup of matter. coffee with the Doesn't Redskins. Matter. That's that's why our show for those of you scoring at home, you have to think like when did he wear twenty six? See, it's a nuance. And it's that's a nuance what I'm here the for to, so they don't have to actually think. Uh, they'll be like, wait, what the fuck? Well, I'm going to say Saquon about? Barkley then, who hasn't. Well, yeah, Saquon Barkley who now. He hasn't played in, 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 in what seemed. I, I think Saquon Barkley was on the 86 Giants. Well, him and, That's how long I think he's been involved with the program now. And he, they weren't allowed to touch him. And now they don't know if he's going to play opening day because no one's touched no, him that's, yet. No, that's formality. He's playing. Okay. Well, we got the short layoff on Thursday. It's like, you know what? The amount of money you're making, see you on the. I refuse to get involved in any sports things like, oh, you know, it's kind of hard when you got to go four days later. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to drive down here to Matawan to do the podcast. You know what it got me to do the podcast today? I, like, just two podcasts in a row, and I was like, I'm done. You're, you're you shot now. That's it. Yeah. So I understand. So imagine so, playing two football games. Now, for old school on number 26, we have uh, Jimmy Fox. Better not say my guy. Um, but I'm going to go with, um, a, a guy and this is something, again, you gotta be, I, I was 16 years old when this occurred, but there's a couple unique things about it. I don't know if you guys know, I actually had to do a little research on this guy, even though I know who he is. Number 26 for the New York Giants, Rob Carpenter. Now here's the things I didn't realize. Rob Carpenter, the Giants had LT was on the team. So there was a feel that like the Giants were getting better, but they were 0-2 in 81. And they traded for Rob Carpenter week four. When do you ever trade for a running back? Oh, he was more. He was a fullback. He was actually a hybrid. Houston. But the starting running back was Earl Campbell, who's the best running back in the league. So we got this guy, and the Giants got um, uh, had to give up a couple of picks for him, like third round picks and stuff. And so they got Rob Carpenter, and so he only played um, uh, was like twelve games, but he had four. 
100-yard games. And now back then, that was a 100-yard was like the big deal. And for the Giants, they hadn't had a guy go over 100 yards since like, I don't know, one of those crazy guys, Frank Gifford and stuff like that. So Carpenter <laughs> came, and all I remember is sitting at the games, it was like, give it to Carpenter, give it to Carpenter. Because he was like, he was like this fullback hybrid guy, and he always, it was never second and 10. Never, it was always like second and, it always got three or four, it's, you know, two or three at least, anyway. Um, he had 800 and, and, uh, 800, 822 yards on the season, four 100-yard games. Uh, he also was a pivotal guy when we had to beat the Cowboys the last game of the season. Joe Danello hit the field goal. And the Packers had to, the Packers had to lose on, Giants played the Cowboys on Saturday. And the Packers had to lose on Sunday to the Jets. But the Jets were good back then with Gastineau and Klecko and all that. So the, on the way out and of the there. The Packers stunk. Pack, no, they, I think no. Packers were, if Packers beat the Jets, they were the wild card. Well, that was 1989, then. 1981, this was. 81, then they stunk. Because so, the Packers didn't make the playoffs. Maybe they were close that year. but if, I'm telling you right now, on the way out of the Giant game, everybody was going, let's go Jets, let's go Jets. And Giant fans hate Jet fans. So that was a fun thing. But Rob Carpenter was, I'm telling you, you guys don't remember, but as a 16-year-old kid, season ticket holder, upper deck, you know, the way you are with the Cowboys now as an adult male, I was that way when I was a child. I was completely like, when the Giants lost, like, my mother claims that I didn't go to school sometimes on Monday. That's how bad I was. Oh, I uh, you know that feeling. So uh, I used to say all the time, the reason why, like, I think, like, domestic violence, they should, like, you should check, like, if you, if, if, if you're facing, if you, if you're, I'm about to say something that's probably going to be edited out of the show, but if you're, if your husband is prone to hitting you and you're a woman and he's a big Niner fan, you should be checking the scores on your phone while you're out shopping. And if the Niners are favored to win and they're down 28 nothing, maybe you should, maybe you should go to your mother's house. But uh, no, it's just, I remember being devastated. Um, I'm leaving it in now. because he, it in. No, because, I'm just saying like. Because of the disclaimer because prior I, to it, you were like, all right, well, like just understand. No, I'm joking. First of all, come after me for that line. But no, the, the, <laughs> when, when I was 16, I didn't have a wife. But I, I remember being like devastated where I couldn't even function. I just wanted to go to bed. And uh, then I would listen to Bob Papa, who was doing the post-game show on my little radio near my bed. That show was 4 o'clock games. Took you nine hours to get out of there. But Rob Carpenter, to me, it was like, it was like you had Tony Dorsett. And then Rob Carpenter. Like, in my mind, that's how great Carpenter was because we had no running backs for years. Doug Coder. It was awful. And here came, and in the playoff game against the Eagles, 33 carries for 161 yards. Single-handedly won the game. They gave it to him every time. Um, so, 33 for 161 yards. Think about that, right? Guys don't even scratch the surface. That, that's three weeks right there. Like, Saquon Barkley would have to take a month off. If he had 33 carries, right? I'm just betting. You know what? Saquon Barkley. There was something about reading, like, should he play Sunday? I'm sorry. I just... Anyway, I'll, I'll say that for another day. If you ask Saquon, he's playing. The media does what they do for clicks, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, just like... Well, how come, well, we don't do that for sports. <laughs> what do we do for clicks? You know, we can't... I just, well, we just found out Artie's going to be on every podcast for that Shop Sports Network. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big MMA fan. He loves soccer. Uh... But uh, he, he's not, not going to be on Elena's show. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, my number 26 is Rob Carpenter, um, who, by the way, is, a, is like a gym teacher now in, uh, some, in Ohio or something like that. But all three of his kids play D1 football. So that's what I learned from Wikipedia. Now, who's your number 26? 
It was going to be El Duque, but I was expecting you to kind of say El Duque because he was on the same list that I know you look at every week. But um, I'll go Herb Batterly. I thought you might have mentioned him as well. Herb Batterly, Hall of Fame, Cowboy. former Packer. But Yeah, yeah, he, I saw I saw him there, but I thought that was, I mean, that to me is like Jimmy Fox, Herb Batterly, you know. Anybody named Herb. Herb. You know, you know, was born in, probably in 1927. But all right, you're going to go with Herb Batterly. I believe he's a Hall of Famer. We go Bell. We go Clinton Portis. But I'll I'll stick with her Batterly because you can't go Clinton Portis. Can we go Clinton Portis? I think he might be able to. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Number twenty six. So, uh, as you know, we do the number thing. And Chris, um, who's like half asleep today for the show because he got sunburned, we're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. Warren Brumell of Keyport Law has been practicing for over thirty five years and is here to help you in your bankruptcy matters. Bankruptcy is a specialized area of law that requires expertise and experience, and Warren brings both. Keyport Law has handled over 10,000 bankruptcy cases. They will make the process simple and provide easy, affordable payment plans. Warren will get creditors off your back, stop the annoying phone calls, and stop the creditors from contacting your neighbors and former employers. Listeners of Chop Sports will get the first interview free. Go to www.keyportlaw.com and fill out the new client intake form, and they will contact you directly. This firm is a debt relief agency helping people file for relief under the bankruptcy code. All right, we are back indeed. So, show number 26. Well, something amazing happened on Saturday. Uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are 1-0. and um, They beat a uh, lousy Temple team. I think Temple stinks. They didn't play well. Uh, Rutgers won 61-14. to There's a couple ways to look at this game. Number one, Chop Sports was there. In, in numbers, we had me and Chris and Dave were there. Janine from Absolute Eyewear was getting involved there. My whole family was there. We had a nice tailgate. We had some beers. It was very sunny. It, it wasn't that hot. It was cooler. And me, Dave, and Chris got completely fried. We're all like, I feel like it's Sunday night. We have a shore house. We're all like, can I have my mother come pick me up right now? We're all fried and aggravated because we didn't put sunscreen on because we're stupid. Uh, Rutgers won big, but they were up 26 nothing. It was 26-14. We were joking, like, right now, Temple's covering. And then Rutgers is, we're just better than Temple. We're deeper. Uh, their quarterback threw a couple passes that were wide, picked off, but we took him in for touchdowns. Um, we didn't let the game get any closer than 12. But um, I, I would, I would, it's a big win. We rarely put 61 points on the board. There's a feeling in the stadium. Now, Rutgers has been recruiting out the wazoo. Uh, they have like a top 15 recruiting class. So they only have like six wins in the last 10 years. And they have a top 15 recruiting class. So, and college football, I know you guys are more NFL guys, but college football is real simple. You recruit high, the players you have are good. When you recruit in that 40 to 70 class in that area, then you, 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 your, 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 your whole team is backups. That's really what happens. Our recruiting class is strong, but they're not here yet. Of course, um, the kid, the quarterback, um, he's coming today. Wimsat, um, and he's going to – I don't he's understand a, He's a senior it. in high school He now. took a couple of classes. As the story goes, Shiano, um, they, the, the kid, the parents watched the kid from Ohio State go and sign a $1.2 million deal. He showed up now. And the parents called up Shiano and said, can our kid do this? We didn't even realize it. And Shiano said, I'll look into it. Shiano had to go to Rutgers and say, hey, guys, what, what does the kid have to do to qualify? I think they had to get, like, the, the Kentucky 
school board? Like, what do you, there must be protocols on what makes you official graduate. Well, essentially, there's a lot of things going on, too, with the COVID rules. Everything is up in the air right now with all these things. I have no idea what but the I, actual, and the NCAA well, is in the, peril, so they really don't I, even get a say. I think, I think, uh, Shiano, I don't think he wanted the kid to come right now, but he was like, when your parents, you know, you can be, I remember he's only a commit. You could lose them on, on, uh, on February 5th, whatever it is. I think what it has to do with is like, is he eligible to graduate high school credit wise now? Well, I think it has to do with if you take a, some kind of like GED course, yeah. that's it. You're out. Now the kid played three games as a high school quarterback. Um, I'm concerned about the team chemistry because they say he may sign a deal, an NIL deal, a big one right away, which I think will be a good thing for Rutgers. In one way, because now you're like, hey, guys, you don't have to go to Alabama to get a million-dollar deal. You can come to Rutgers. The other thing is, he's 17 and I think he's 18 years old, if not 17 and a half. And, you know, what does it do? Supposedly, Shannon went right to the other quarterbacks and said, guys, he's coming, but he has to compete. He doesn't know the playbook. <laughs> you know, like, but supposedly the kid Yeah, is, I think it was... Well, and Vedral didn't play well, but he'll, he'll... I think he'll be better... I, there's no way this. There's kid no gets way the kid's sniff. ready to. He he just right. got here. But keep in mind, I have nothing against their backups. Evan Simon, this other guy's name, but they clearly the the backups were not high recruits. So in other words, it makes sense to me. You have your starter. Federal's like 23 years old. Uh, he did a really good job It'll last be a good year. Good story. But you got to remember, you could play four games and keep your eligibility. So if we're playing. Uh, you know, let's face it. You got to remember, I just learned that. You just <laughs> remember well, it. Well, first of all, if you, we play uh, uh, Syracuse this week, which is, uh, uh, Rutgers is favored by one. I, th I thought about it because I'm only three and a half hours away from where I live. And then uh, two o'clock game. And then uh, then we play Delaware, which is who's a tough division AA team, whatever they call it. Um, FCS, BS, whatever. Um, FBS. But we, we have a chance of being 3-0, and but then we play Michigan and Ohio State, and that's where reality comes. But, like, if he's there a month and we're losing to Michigan, say, like, I don't know, 42-7, to do you really, like, if the kid is excelling, why not, why, not throw, why not throw him in there? I don't know. But my biggest thing is what if he – this is where the NIL thing is going to be crazy. The kid takes the million dollars, but what if he, what if he like, fails out? Like, so the big risk to me is with the people writing the check. Because two things, you don't know if the kid stinks. Because, you yeah, remember, Alabama, every recruit in the last 10 years is a five-star well, recruit. Well, let's just... But not every kid goes to just, the NFL. Let's just Most call it what it is. He's not going to get a million-dollar deal because he's not the quarterback of Ohio State. If Rutgers has a success over the next but, decade but say or he so... Gets, but say he gets, like, half a million dollars. Well, that's different. So who gives but a fuck about then, chemistry? It, half a million dollars is a nice way to jumpstart your life. You, colleges don't go away. You can no, always I go agree. to Middlesex County and College. I don't, I don't a, know that even a half a million is, is I think a feasible he's gonna get number. A, I, think, I think there's money behind this. But well, here's, that, I agree with that. But so here's even the crazy if it's a quarter thing. million we're talking about, that's more just like, But just like we talk about like Saquon Barkley or Tom Brady or Rodgers not playing in preseason games, if you're, if you're the parents of a stud that's going to Rutgers or Ohio State, why would you play your senior year in high school? It makes total sense. You're I the think same they got to change. You see the, same the law thing has the to be changed. You see the same thing in the NBA where these guys aren't going to college anymore. They're going to the D League. Well, exactly right. So I think that I think the league has to make. But you got to remember, there's like labor laws in this country. This is the United States. You can't tell somebody you can't play in our league. Well, why well not? that's what they were doing. They go in to court. The, they lose that, in court every they, time. That's what they do in the NBA, though. 
they did ban it where you have to go to college for one season. And then a lot of there's like loopholes now, but eventually like right. that's what, what the going rate is. It's the so, same thing they do in college football. You can't enter the NFL draft unless you played three years. Right. But I, I think you could, I think those days are, I think all that crap. And again, what do I always say, especially with the NBA, when the players start controlling the league, the league is done. Well, they've so it, been controlling it for the last decade or so. Well, to a degree, but but now it's even now it's the NBA is like just like a joke. Yeah, but you like to be a GM in the NBA is a joke now. All you have to have is LeBron's uh, cell phone number and you're a GM. Like if I was buddies with LeBron, if I went to high school with LeBron or grammar school with LeBron, I would be like, hey LeBron, where do you want to go? Why don't you go? I don't know. Well, when you say done, the league is done. All right, it's it's more so it's it's trending in the direction of what you're saying, where the the players are controlling the league. But if you look at the NBA playoffs this year. The ratings okay. were through. I'm talking roof. about ratings. I'm talking about things like you. You can't. You give a hard foul on LeBron. Everybody's right. like, "Ooh." I understand, but but then the definition of done is is up for debate because if they're making right. more money now than they've ever been, then you could argue that the they're having more the success. NFL, the reason why the NFL has always been great because it's one. You're one of thirty two. Yeah. Now guys like Jerry Jones nibbled into that a little bit when he first got there. As it turns out, he was actually right about that. Hey, why can't I serve local beers? My jerseys are selling more than the Lions jerseys. Yeah, the NFL had Coke, he went Pepsi. Right. You know I mean? But well, he did a little bit of that. He rankled some feathers. But in the end, he was able to sell locally his, because like but that's also a big reason why you see all these sponsors on NFL stadiums and things like that. Now. Well, Jerry Jones was a little bit of a part of that. Uh, yeah. You know, listen, I would. Not I, a lot of, but a I would be, part of that. I would be huge. Uh, even the Giants admit. Now, it turns out the Giants were, Wellington Mara was really anti because if, if Budweiser sponsors the NFL, we only serve Bud. Well, he was but, an NFL guy. But Jerry through Jones through. was like, no, but I got these local brewer, uh, local breweries, these other beer dealerships. That want to come in and just sell beer at my stadium, and I I want that money. I don't I don't need to split that, and that's what he did. Turns out though, because the Giants always remember, New York is not Dallas. New York is New York City. The Giants ended up getting much bigger deals over time than Dallas ended up getting because it's the New York market. So it's funny how that all works out. But so anyway, in other words, the quarterback for Rutgers here. with the uh, so back back to the quarterback. So back Rutgers to the quarterback situation. But listen, bottom line is this. The kid's coming in. I have no idea if the kid's going to play. I don't know if he stinks. I'm a Rutgers fan. I assume everybody stinks until I visually see it. Um, I'm excited. We're playing at Syracuse. It's an ACC team up in the Dome. Cool place to go. I'm thinking about driving up on Saturday morning. I really am. I might just might do it. I don't know. Um, and then after that, you got Delaware. And it's exciting. There's a feeling in the stadium, and you guys saw it. There's just a feeling that, like, hey, this – we, we we haven't like the the plane is is gonna take off. We're gonna get in the air. Where for the last seven years, we've been like on the tarmac with the wings touching the, the ground. Fantastic. So the uh, it just is. You feel it like you just feel it. Um, and Seattle just looks on the sidelines like I look for stuff like that. I look how the you know what 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 aggravates me is the game was sold out. This, by the way, I, I'm gonna educate our listeners and you guys about Rutgers. The game is sold out, but it was Thursday. People from New Jersey, like, they make plans. They got a lot of other things going on. It's not like we're in the middle of nowhere. Once the game got uh, switched to Saturday, I knew that the people that were, I think the game Thursday night would have been completely sold out. A lot of husbands, I'm going to go right after work, blah, blah, blah. We switched to Saturday, soccer games, kids games, all that stuff. You get involved in your home life. But what's sad about Rutgers is, if you notice, the student section to start the game was not that crowded. I said, you guys, give it to, like, the end of the first quarter. Then it was packed. 
The problem with Rutgers is the product has been so bad on the field that only the baboons like me go for a little bit. I'm usually out of there by the third quarter. They're down 42 nothing. The student section, though, when Rutgers starts to stink, they bail where that student section, which was mobbed in the, se- you know, in the second quarter, I'm telling you, there's like 200 kids there. And you say to yourself, like, wow, freshman, your new school, that's because on campus people are like, oh, my God, they stink. But if you can build them, get them there every week by not going 0-3, getting blown out, you'll see that. Uh, like, I think the Delaware game, if Rutgers is 2-0, if we can beat Syracuse, it's going to be a and nice. And now that they're in the Big Ten, they got some legitimate opponents the that they're going to pack the house for. Just yeah, but we just can't. You can't lose 78-0, nothing, 58-0. Nothing. Like, yeah. you know what? You know what? We, we play. Uh, or it's going to be, you'll see Michigan. We play Ohio State at home. Michigan, Michigan on Michigan the road. Fans. Yeah. We got to go to the big house. That's always a bitch. Like, Ohio State at home, they're a very good team. Like, you know what? Okay. Like, lose. Like, how about a nice, solid 42-17 loss? Yeah, you know but mean? you play Ohio State, you run the risk of right. having a, a road game at home. I, I could recall travel well. I could recall at least three Ohio State games where at the end of the first quarter, they had 28 points or more. So, I think one game was 35 nothing, 28 nothing, And one game, the game Rutgers lost, I always say this, we lost a... Think about it. You guys are football fans. We lost 78 nothing to Michigan. Michigan was three and out. Their first three drives. Rutgers, so Rutgers was three and out. So six drives, and you still lost 78 nothing. In other words, <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable to me. Like, how did that, like, they scored, like, on every down at one point. So I, I'm avoiding those days. Even um, on defense. It's just, it's just awful. They, they scored every down. It's all the way around. So I was excited. They're 1-0 from 0-0 to my blog. Read it. Now they're 1-0. I may have to do a counter blog now. And um, so that's where we're at. I, uh, and I predict that Rutgers will beat Syracuse. And I'm predicting the score is going to be in that really weird, like, 30-21, to 21, you know, game is not in doubt. Uh, at home, it, it's going to be a tough game uh, for uh, Syracuse. Going to be ready to go, and I think Sy- Rutgers fans hate Syracuse. Syracuse hates Rutgers, and I do think that in the coming years, the biggest school that's going to get affected by Shiano is Syracuse and Boston College, because I don't think anybody, any kid's going to go to Syracuse when you can come to the Scarlet Knights on the banks. But you guys must—you had a fun time at the tailgate. Real nice thing. The grass out there. You're sitting out. It was. You walk right. I into expected the it to be a swamp, and it was completely dry. It was dry. The stadium is like. For Rutgers, that stadium is the perfect amount. It holds around 50000 I wonder what they would have done, though, if that place actually did get jam-packed. Oh, they never had to s- open up a little more concessions. I was waiting Well, online. the concessions were... I, I, there was un, I waited online for 45 minutes to get my second round of uh, light beers. Um, uh, yeah, it was brutal. I waited on a long time. My daughter waited on another line. We split. I said, nah, you go on that line. You wait. She got four waters. And once you're there, you're like... You're literally like uh, yeah. four beers, four pretzels. You, you're Bro, I, waited, like I waited on. I waited on a line for an hour. What? Uh, yeah, of course I did. I waited on line for an hour to get. I don't even know, like a, a pretzel, because I was starving, and right. I got to the to the front of the line. They're like, "Oh, we're out. You can get a water." And I was like, "Oh God, that's good. You need water on that." Oh my you, goodness! But anyway, uh, enough with Rutgers. They want to know. I will be talking about Rutgers as the season goes on. Of course, um, I feel like the show's um, going on for hours. Um, Yankees lose two or three. The Orioles should have been swept. Um, I think the Orioles, this is a classic case of all sports. I think the Orioles just kept on reading how, like, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, and they were like, you know what? No, no. 
And I have to check in. I thought you guys would know this. Even though the Orioles are brutal and they've lost a lot of games, have they been like even playing well the last 10 games? No. Well, no, the so, last 10. Yes. The last I'm 10 saying, games, yes. The Orioles they, didn't look like the team that. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. They like, lost 19 in a row, and then they, when they broke that streak, they won a couple in a row. Okay, because I'm feeling like, because it's like, wow, why is it? And were the 19 all like 10 nothing losses? Was a lot like, of them were, yeah. Okay. It, was, it was one of the, the Orioles stink. There's no excuse. Historically bad stretch by the I, I Orioles. They're four and six in their last 10. I, well, well, for a team that stinks, that's like. But they were 0-19, like, yeah. And they, they have 92 losses. That's crazy. <laughs> the other thing is, uh, the Yankees put that guy, uh, Heaney, whatever his name is, um, he, he he can't play anymore. Like that's one thing I don't understand. Like I guess the, the I guess maybe the NBA does it. Maybe there comes a point where, like, if you're a quarterback and you go one for thirty, three weeks in a row. Yeah, usually I, it's a linebacker I grabs the coach this. and says, "Don't play him anymore," <laughs> and the coach says, "Okay." Where is in in baseball? Like a pitcher, you just have a seven flat one, ERA and they'll keep yeah, trotting yeah, them out and one, there. And then once you get noticed, like, oh yeah, I'm a reliever. Okay, but your ERA is like 6.5. It's the third year of that, which is why, like, Joey Gallo, to me, his lifetime batting average is 211. Now I'm a Reggie Jackson fan. Reggie, Reggie struck out every time, but he batted 260. Uh, 211, and he's batting 199 now. So how does that work? Great glove and left. Nobody can. You stink. <laughs> he, the two guys who stink on the Yankees right now, right this second, three. Gary Sanchez had a great game yesterday. God bless. I don't know if you saw the location of the pitch the guy threw him. Stupid. That's why he stinks, that other pitcher. Gallo, and to me, a DJ LeMayhew. I mean, I mean, he's batting. We paid him a lot of money. Put it this way. Here's rule number 58. When when Giancarlo Stanton has a higher batting average than you, you're not having a good year. We agree to that. Everybody's like, oh, Giancarlo strikes out all the time. I'm like, uh, well, he's batting 275. Our boy DJ LeMayu. And I think it's a little bit, again, I'm going to be political for one thing. DJ LeMayu looks like the American pie boy next door. Guys like that, it's almost like you almost want Boone to go, well, look at DJ. He's a good-looking fella. He's a cutie. I know he's batting 210 the last month and a half, but we're not going to take him out. Where if you, if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're not American Pie, you're like, get him out of there. He stinks. So I, I, think, I think there's a little bit of that. Everybody loves DJ. Same thing with Jeter. He was like a good-looking guy, you know, but Jeter ended up being great. But some other guys, like, you know, of course, I was pissed Tony Fernandez got it's hurt It's also the year. contract, and the, and just Stanton is You have to play him. You have to play DJ. Yeah, I know you have to play him. No, no and I know, know we're paying uh, DJ a lot of money, but we're paying Stanton double the money for double the length, so there's a little bit, you expect more out of him. Okay, but wh- how come, I'm, I'm, where is, where I'm is the- I'm completely in lockstep with you about Stanton, just so we're, we're clear. Like, I'm not making the case that LeMahieu should be off the hook. Stan's our best but, player. But you never hear people, you never, like, on the season. blogs, Instagram, Facebook, you never hear people ripping on LeMayu. No, and he's yeah, batting, I, I think he's batting, he's batting 50 points less than he, he watched the games. He, it rarely hits a home run. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, It's like one of those guys this year that you're looking at, and it's like, well, when LeMayu picks it up, the Yankees can really take off, and it's one of those things that we're just still waiting for. I, uh, it hasn't happened. I don't know. Uh, let's move on from baseball. I'm disgusted. Yeah. The Yankees hopefully will make the wild card so we can lose to the Red Sox in one game, and that'll be death. You know, that's what's going to happen. The, the, Yankees, no, the, Shut the, f- the Yankees are going to lose against the Red Sox, and the Mets are going to end up going to the World Series by squeaking in. Okay, Giants start their season. Um, 
Saquon Barkley uh, is not. He's, I just read he's not scheduled to play until 2024. Now uh, he's healthy though. He's going to practice with the team every day. He just can't touch him, and he can't play anymore because um, he's doing a documentary called "The Worst Draft Pick in the History of American Sports." Taking a running back at number two, because when you watch the playoffs, every running back wasn't really drafted high ever. And uh, matter of fact, you guys were talking about Gus Edwards the other day. You know who Gus Edwards is? The guy in the Ravens? The running back? Yeah. You know where he played college football? Yeah, uh, Rutgers? Really? And he, he didn't start. He got benched all the time. Now, you watch any game? Edwards, right side, first down. <laughs> So I'm like, we took a number two pick with Barkley and Gus Edwards for Rutgers is, is running the ball to big games. It's ridiculous. I love, I like Saquon. Not a bad kid. I agree kid. with you on this one too. But but it's like Josh you know, Allen would have been a better pick. And another thing about Darnold. Uh, listen, I'm I'm a, at the time. I admit I don't get into. When I was younger, I knew every name, number, where they played college, all that stuff. Now that I'm older, I just don't care enough. I mean, I'm into it. I feel like, and I know the Cowboys and Packers gone through the same thing. None of the Giants played. Like, the wide receiver, the kid from Florida, his foot's still bothering him, but he's not hurt. Barkley is ready. Like, so 10 days are going to make a difference with ACL surgery? Please. And then you got these, nobody's playing. So, if you're a gambler, don't bet the first three weeks of the season because you don't know the product. I just think, like, guys, you got to get them. We couldn't give uh, Jones, like, a couple of games, the first series, hand off a little bit just to get used to, like, boo, boo, and he won. Like, you got to get used to doing that. What are you doing? I, I, and anyway, Giants, I think the Giants are going to go 9-8 and eight based on nothing. And I think it's going to be eight or eight and nine or nine. I hate the fact I'm saying nine and eight. I'm going against my things. You know what? The Giants are going eight and eight. The rule, the rule for me the rest of the year is I am going to give my predictions based upon a 16-game schedule. It took me five years to get over the going from 14 to 16. 17 is the worst number ever, Jeff Rutledge. But I am just... Uh, so that's what he did. The other thing is, but I'm going to switch subjects here because this show's all fucked up today. Now I'm cursing like Chris does on his daily show. I watched the documentary. Did you guys see this? You know the painter Bob Ross with the fuzzy oh, are hair? Are you in the documentary? Is this Jimmy's booking? Did you see... Did you... Did you see the documentary? Okay, you know the guy I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. They, they trash him. All in I'm the gonna say is, okay, yeah, they, time out. You got to watch this documentary because, yeah. Uh, here's what's great. Isn't it great when you watch a documentary, and you only know a little bit about the subject? You're like, yeah, what, what, what happened over there? And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, this guy basically. He died of cancer at a very young age, but he got in bed business wise with his husband and wife, who, like, stole took, everything. Oh, did, his name, they got him to sign stuff. And the son now, you could tell the son, he looks like the kind of guy that during this period of transition when his father was dying, was probably going through a rough time in his life. He, he doesn't look like he was living a healthy life uh, 30 years ago when Bob Ross died. But this company, they, they what they do is they own everything. They own, you go to Michael's paint store or whatever, the, the, the Bob Ross stuff, the, the Ross family gets nothing. It's all them. They cash in on everything. And they, when Bob, if you remember when Bob Ross died, it was like a little thing. Oh my God, the painter died because they didn't even want anybody to know he was dead because that was affecting their guy. So like they, they, they called, they had PR people. Like it was like, now again, it wasn't like TMZ. Now it would be a bigger deal, but they controlled like his death a little bit. And on his deathbed, they kept on calling him. They had to get him to sign this piece of paper. And he wouldn't sign it. No, I won't give up my name. I won't give up my name. But in the end, there was another piece of paper signed 20 years earlier 
where his brother was in on his brother and son. And Bob Ross thought, something happens to me, at least my brother and my son, they will get everything. His uh, first wife had, had passed away. Um, but it turns out that because his son was younger, the brother had 51% control. He signed away the whole company to, he had the right to sign away the whole company to these two people. And they refused to do, they couldn't get anybody to do the documentary because they were fearful of what these people could do to them. Like, so these people are making probably, by doing nothing, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. On the, but I didn't realize Bob Ross was teaching every weekend in different cities yeah, and everything. And, and, and his paintings, no one knows where they are. Like, who owns them? Uh, it's all like a big but shit it's, show. It's their store that you said, that Michael's like... People are all into that. They're so buying now all those I, products still. I will say to you, do not buy anything with Bob Ross' name on it. Uh, and his poor son teaches on the side. But that to me is like, you know, that you know what he looks like? He looks like Jerry Jones' son. Like, oh, here you go, Dad. <laughs> like, when Jerry Jones dies, it'll be like the Giants. Jones' son will be the worst owner. Kind of like just you, you just don't replace the legend. Steinbrenner's son sucks. They suck, too. Well, yeah. I, I think John Maris sucks, too. There you go. I said it. The only good employee of the Giants is Steve Venditti. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you got to watch that. I think that's really cool. Other thing is, I guess we'll discuss Artie Lang because um, the downloads are massive. Thank you very much, Artie. The reviews were brutal on the first episode because we had audio. That was shitty. And um, but the second one, audio, was it was a well-produced show. Fine job by us. I knew it was the right thing to get him on. The reviews online and stuff were much better. They were a little more kind to me. But I got to say something about it. I know when you enter the great arena of Howard Stern and all Artie Lang world, you get bashed. It's part of the game. Because they're trying to be funny because it's Stern and Artie are comics and comedy people. So they try to be funny by being nasty funny. Um, but one of the common themes, I, I kind of said it like, you know, the, Artie Lang was on the Jimmy Palumbo show. So if I want to talk more, um, you know, like if I, it's like, I, I, listen, I have a very, it's my show. So I got him on my show so listen to it and enjoy it for what it is did i ask every perfect question no but i'm not a well, what am i you know i'm not the the perfect uh you know interviewer i'm getting there and i thought already i thought i answered I, I went back i actually listened to both interviews and i think i talked about questions that already really hasn't answered um you know how we how we handled this, how we handled that, blah blah blah. And we would dabbled into his drug stuff. So, he, I thought I thought the interviews were very. If you're a fan of Artie Lang, I think the interviews worked. Were they perfect? No, but they worked. And I'm thrilled he was on, and he'll be back on again. So, uh, I'm happy with the whole thing. I'm so great. Um, the uh, how often do I <laughs> say so I'm great? Perfect. I never said. You see that you stink. Usually it's self-deprecating. Yes, but I thought I thought the interviews were effective. You know, yeah, whether good. or not you think I'm funny, I thought the questions were there. Um, I'm doing stand-up this Friday for the first time in a year <laughs> up in Ramsey, New Jersey, September 10th. Is this that show that you were trying to put together for the longest time? No, 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 no. This All is right. another one. It's for the Ramsey Girls Softball. It's a charity thing, but it's open to the public. You can call Allison at 732-874-0553. Um, you can, she'll let you know it's a BYOB, but includes food. It's under this tent at this John Sebastian's farm in Ramsey. They, he gets a big, beautiful tent. It's actually really nice. Um, and Mike Gaffney is the uh, headliner, and I'll be doing uh, my middle uh, 25, 35 minutes, whatever the hell I do. So come on out to Ramsey, New Jersey at 7 o'clock, September 10th, Friday, by calling Allison Jarvis, 
888-900-0553. Come out, support the kids. It's a beautiful day here at Shea. Last thing on the whatever is that I think COVID is definitely going to screw up the NCAA and NFL this year. You guys talked about it a little bit earlier on your show. I totally agree. I think it's going to be very weird. Like, if you test positive, you can't play. So, like, it's just so random. It could happen to anybody. It's not like just because you're Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Saquon Barkley, although Saquon Barkley's had COVID now for five years, the uh, you can't, it just can hit somebody, and you can't because you, you, you run the risk in the NCAA of forfeiting. They're not rescheduling game. So if you're a head coach, I don't care if it's your star quarterback, and you get COVID, it's like, dude, get, get in your dorm, shut the door, and shut your mouth. Because I can't let you give it to this guy, that guy, and if 15 guys have it, you don't have enough to put it. And then you forfeit. But can you imagine this? Can you, I, would, I would actually want to see this. I hope it doesn't happen to Rutgers or the Giants. But there's going to be a, possibly a school this year. I think there's like 70 kids on the roster. What if COVID just on one of these schools um, just goes ripping through and they only have like they have like 30 guys? I, you know what? I don't think that's in the rules. The rule is if you forfeit. Now, you got to remember, home game. Say the Florida Gators. You know how much money the school makes on one home game? You know how much money Penn State makes? Millions of dollars. You think Penn State going to go, nope, we're forfeiting the million dollars? No, no, no. no. But what, what if it's like 40 guys, third-string quarterback, third-string Just call up the Bishop Sycamore team and they have I them think, fill in. But you know what? I think if that game is televised... I think that game will be higher ratings than if they play. People are like, oh, check it out. Georgia only has, you know, like nobody there just to see, like, you know, and Georgia, yeah, and Georgia's down by only seven here as COVID has ripped apart this very good team. Matter of fact, that's the only thing I could probably make Alabama just roll the other night, like the other team, uh, you know. Miami, Miami's tweeting out their turnover chain. <laughs> They're down 29. They get a pick and they start. Passing around this turnover chain, yeah. and then a second later, the play got overturned. So now they're celebrating the on the sideline. So I hate not that. a good look. Not a good. I look. hate a lot of stuff. Anyway, well, coming up is of course um, we're going to do the best name segment in the history of podcasting. It is called Jimmy's Bookings, and that's right, Jimmy's Bookings. And you all know that Jimmy's Bookings is sponsored by. Absolute eyewear, getting involved, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. We were with Johnine at the game on Saturday, and they and her brother, they own a optician place. I love that. It's an optician place. not even a word that right. It's a family-owned brother and sister. They're licensed opticians. Craig, of course, is my right center fielder of my softball team. Full-service optical. They got prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got safety glasses, sports glasses, all prescription, motorcycle glasses, glasses for the kids getting involved, contacts. They do eye exams over there. Um, they got glasses for every budget, including mine and Chris's. He can't see anything because he got sun blind now. Um, he's probably got a detached retina at this point. They got discounts for seniors, AAA, AARP, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. They're open five days a week. They're closed Wednesday. Why? Oh, softball and you know, softball I set him up. I set him up because I know the lack of enthusiasm on this production is. Uh, well, also because just, because we're it's now approaching one thirty. So this show goes on long. I don't care. It's my yeah, show. I, I agree. That's it. I agree. But I'm, set, I'm but I'm doing damage control in my personal life now because I'm I put off Listen, a lot of things. Didn't you weekend. learn? Didn't you learn 
a long time ago that you don't bring your personal life into the office. Well, I'm not. I'm not. That's I'm why here. you don't. Oh, you Dave, don't hit on anybody. Dave here. Never brings his personal. You life don't into hit the on office. anybody most, here. Listen, and neither do you. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're you're the most even keel guy. Oh, I'm always you know, fine. You're never, you're never I'm miserable. Never, I've never seen him upset. Oh, Jimmy will call me at like 10:30 in the morning. He'll be like, "You're about to record." Okay, here, let me rip apart your last recording. So I don't rip apart. I just discuss confidence. things. You know what? Listen, right. we're right in the middle Back of Back to our, the read. Show right? appreciated, though. Right. Well, Jenny, yeah. well, I apologize, but I had to let Jimmy Johnny's know Johnny's listening was. to this, and she's like, you know what, Jimmy? That was a shitty read you did. But anyway, so they were closed on Wednesdays. Why? Softball on Wednesday. And they're closed Sundays. Why? Football on Sunday. I love the interactive of this spot. I think, you know what? I'm going to do another podcast. It's just only the, the read for Absolute Eyewear. <laughs> I'm going to get into... They've been in business 16 years. Absolute eyewear. You get $100 off a complete pair of prescription sunglasses, eyeglasses, I mean, and sunglasses. When you mention this podcast, key phrase, complete pair, frames, and lenses. Bring a little picture of Jimmy Palumbo, sunburnt with a Rutgers hat on. Um, and uh, now I will do some Bob Shepard, which... <laughs> uh, your attention, please. Now doing shitty on the podcast, Chris Gucci. Now laughing at him, Dave Sturcio. But Absolute Eyewear has Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. So that's it. Absolute Eyewear. Go check it out. And, of course, they sponsor the Jimmy's booking section. So John, we'll just get John Sterling's been doing shitty on air for like 30 years, and he doesn't miss so the key to this is the whole thing is consistency, and I'm consistent. At least right. I'm here right now. Well, right? what I like is when I sent when I when I death. sent you the when I sent you the the, the, the softball. Uh, they're closed on Wednesdays because Dave counted to 27 before you answered it. Okay, I'm just saying. Now in today's modern world, on these MP3 things, you can, you can edit that one out. Make it yeah, you can you can make it seem like it's a lightning quick merge right there. I love that. So listen, everyone at home. If it sounds like he answered it right away, he did not. He did not. But we, we got. We definitely look like all three of us were in a shitty shore house and we just want to go home and have our mother do our laundry. That's exactly it. Everybody looks shot. I have to go do like something other than like Well, you got to edit the show. Which Well, I got to edit the show. And, yeah, and, yeah, so yeah. that means the show won't drop tomorrow. Oh, no, no. He leaves right away. I get Artie Lang on. You get your car, your girlfriend, you disappear. I'm like, wait a minute. We just had a big guy on the show. Like, everybody stop, work. No, you just take off. Nobody gives a fuck. All right. Only the number one downloaded show you've ever had, as Jimmy Palumbo has approaching 10,000 downloads at Shea. And it was out on, on time, just like it always is. And here's, here's my... Yeah, but we I can't get in touch with you. If I added a sound, we were like... Uh, I say this all the time. What is the difference who it was? Shouldn't I be doing the same amazing job every podcast? Be, exactly. The show should be edited by 5 o'clock Monday. <laughs> Why do you wait till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night? Oh, yeah, right. Five o'clock so Monday. Over, so overrated. He's overrated. Yeah, I'm going to have... All right, my bad. I'm going to text everybody. I'm going to be like, Mom, I'm not coming today to the barbecue. I got to edit <laughs> this right. podcast right. that I was you know, called shitty say, on. Then your mother can say, oh, it's Jimmy's show? It's okay, and I'll put something aside for you. Yeah, it's it's there you go. Now, if, it, if it's Dave's show or one of these MMA shows you do, you better get home right now. Your father's we actually the had the, We actually had the producer of the MMA show show up to the studio yesterday, and we weren't here. Nobody. Oh, that's so bad. By the way, if that happens to me, I'll get in here, 
and <laughs> trash none, everything. None of the I yeah, should have a game. Jimmy's got to knock if, on the door so he here, owns the drive, studio. If I drive the Matawan, there'll be nothing left in this place. And by the way, I love you guys are talking about your draft night tomorrow night. And casually like, oh, I hope the I hope the doctor across doesn't have a patient. I was like, you imagine like, oh, honey, my back is killing me. I just want to go over there. And next Did you, you see my like, receivers? In the second round, Dave Sergio takes. Like, what a nightmare. But, you know, maybe she's kind of cute, so she'll join the fray. I have one thing on fantasy uh, football, though. And you guys are going to hate me for this. I hate fantasy football. Number two, I think if you really want to be a badass... In fantasy football, you join one fucking league. That's it. And you draft the best team you can. I have friends of mine that are in 15 leagues. That to me is like, all right. That's like me saying, well, I like the Giants. I like the Bucks. I like the Patriots. I like the Cowboys. I like the Packers. I like, no, no, you got it. One draft. One draft, let even and you you choose and then you look how well you do. Because the game, no matter who you draft, even though it gets mixed up between where you're where you're uh, roll the dice are, you still have to make the choice. I could not disagree with you more on something than I do on One this. draft. Then you can see how good you are. If you're so in you 10... Saying, so you say multiple drafts is like a uh, do-over for like all Exactly your right. And I, so I don't know how good you are at it. Well, I'm pretty good at it. But I don't think so. If you're in point. 10 drafts, that's I can be good the point. at it. Here's the reason why... ESPN spits I'm out give you, who the guy... I, as I always do, I'm going to give you my reasoning now. Okay, give all me right, your so reasoning. There's, there's several different formats. There's different... There's a 10-man league, a 12-man league, a 14-man league. If I'm stuck in a 10-man, I want to do something a little more challenging, I'll, go, I'll up it to a 12-man league. Now, another thing, too, if From you have a... 10 to 12? Say, say, say you have... It's a big difference. Now, say you have... Wow. Say, you have say, you, say you have your first-round pick gets hurt in one league, right? Then all of a sudden, it's like no matter how good you did, Saquon tore his ACL, there's nothing that you could do about that, and now your fantasy season is ruined because of one guy. And plus, there's money involved, so you win money. I'm not doing it because it's all fun. I, I root for the Packers only, but it's the same thing as would you only bet on one game? I mean, if you had discipline, yeah, but usually betters bet on multiple games. It's no, no, more no, no, no. It's not. That, no, 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 no. Like okay. Now, I get your analogy when you talk about the gambling end of it. Fine. But if you're going to, if, if a guy, if I have 10 guys in a room who I think are very good fantasy football fucking pussy fucking guys, and one guy's in seven leagues and one guy's in two leagues, I'm going with the guy who's in two leagues. Now, if you want to be in a 100-man league, 200-man league, you want to see how you rank nationally. Oh, by the way, if you ever watch, like, on ESPN, they're, they're either the NCAA tournament or the fantasy, do you ever see who wins that? Like, the guy, oh, they're like, not. every player, they're... like, every run, like every player they pick throws seven touchdowns, 500. The guy who picks the NCAA tournament winner, you have to see how many games he wins. Like, you ever see the first round of the NCAA tournament, there's, like, eight upsets, and yet yeah, and the guy gets still gets, like, he got 29, 30 out of 32. Like, what? That means he actually chose. And then I I, I laughed at how far. I, I, I'm not a good picker at that crap. But, like, the best player in our little family league was, like, like not even near even the top 1%. And yet the guy who won it, I always think it's got to be a scam. It's even harder now. Can, because you, you, you got every game right. How can you do that? But they do. With fantasy league, same thing. You look at the points, you're like, oh my God. I ended up picking only Rutgers players. A lot of these guys run it, run it through an algorithm now, and they just get the best potential outcome. They'll run, they'll run through each game 100,000 times in a computer, and they'll just play the odds on, on well, all When I do my league with the family, like we have eight people in it, just family, there's no money involved. 
I just ESPN tells you who they think uh, the app tells you who the best guy is. You know what's sad? The last couple of years, I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. I, oh wait, I, so you actually have a fantasy football team? I with my with my family, but so one time I was late. Oh, they started seven thirty. What what? I'll what let app, you guys know. What app do you run it the on? The ESPN one, the All shitty right. one. I'm sure shitty, it's shitty one. That's one. what I use pretty much. Even I, well, though I'm I, not a fan of ESPN. There was one as year, a whole, <laughs> right? The ESPN fantasy football app. I do like anyway. Listen. That over Fantasy, Yahoo. Fantasy, be in one league, be a man, oh, commit God. to it. Yeah, be in an eight-man league of all yeah. things with your I mean, family. Don't, don't be a money. man with no money. What the f- what is that? Well, no, then don't don't be in the no-money league. Be in the money league. With eight people. Why would you be in a non-money league if you're Mr. Gamble? I don't know. Aren't you in one? That's because it's my family, and I hate fantasy football. If oh. my nephew didn't send me the link, I, matter of fact, it would be 735. They start without me, and I automatically you get the picks are better when I don't pick. <laughs> Auto-pick. Auto-pick. Boom. <laughs> Okay, unbelievable fantasy football. I feel sucks. attacked, by the way. You I have, a, going I, have you I have six teams. It's not fifteen. You're in but six I do leagues. Six. Yeah, yeah, six. Even. But honestly, most of my players they kind of I, I kind of draft the same way. So I'm I'm Dude, going. That's even worse. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm not. I'm not looking to collect a bunch of guys. I'm looking to draft the best player. And I usually, if I think he's good in this league, I'm going to think he's good in that one. Why would you gamble on a game where you can make more money with another bookie? So you should find out what is the baddest ass big payout where you can make money and join that league and be done with it. Um, Next story. All right, we're finally back to absolute eyewear bookings. I don't even feel like talking. The show about is like bookings. three hours deep now. How, how long is it? We got it. All right, I'll be quick with these. Okay, so bookings. All right, I booked a gig at Chop Sports Network back in February. No. Um, I did a movie called, I don't know if you guys remember this movie, White Irish Drinkers. You ever see that? It's on Netflix. It's on, it's a pretty cool movie. I ended up playing a bar. It's about 1975. And in Brooklyn, there was like the old school Irish bars. And yet the, the disco clubs were opening up. And I play a bartender at one of the like places where like they didn't play disco. They played like hard rock and stuff. And these two Guido guys try to come in like John Travolta types and Supposedly, it was supposedly a deal that uh, the writer told me that, like, there were certain bars, if you were dressed with the black slacks with the wide open shirt, you got like, get out of here, you loser. So I play a bartender that kicks these fucking guys out. It's pretty funny. So it's called White Irish Drinkers, directed by John Gray. Pretty cool. It was a cool shoot out in Brooklyn. Next thing I did was Elementary with Lucy Liu, Kill Bill star. Um, I played a jerk-off security guard. How many times have I done that? Um, was with that actor, Josh Hamilton. He's been in a ton of things. You've seen him. Uh, Lucy Liu was nice. She was actually, she, she was pretty hot. A lot hotter than, I never thought she was hot, but in person, I'm like, she's hot. Nice body, too. And I'm probably not supposed to say that, but I can. Um, it's your the funny show. Thing, Remember, everybody, it's Jimmy's show. He <laughs> could say whatever he she wants. She looked good. Well, no, listen, why can't I say, there was a woman. Her name is Lucy Liu. She had a nice body. End of story. Back then, I was a little more in shape than I am. No, I wasn't in shape. Who am I kidding? No, she, no, Lucy Liu didn't have the deep speed. She didn't, no, no, no. She didn't get double coverage. Um, the, uh, her safety was like leaning to the other side and worried about the tight end. Um, but, uh, the coolest thing for me, and this is going to sound creepy. Um, there was a bunch of young actors like in their twenties. And for some reason, someone must've went on and checked out. I like they, they thought I was like De Niro with my credits. But they were asking me tons of questions. But it was awkward because I had this guy, Josh Hamilton, sitting over to the left, and he was, like, busy writing a script or something. And Lucy Liu was, like, like 20 feet away. And you know when you're answering questions knowing that 
There's two people who really more qualified. It would be like talking about the Giants and the Giant head coach is right there and the NFL commissioners the other way. You're like, I I can't be like, I can't, I gotta answer this intelligent as I can. But it was cool. They were asking me how I got started, this, what should I do, and how do you get an agent? So I ended up like pontificating these people, but I think I handled it well because then Josh Hamilton jumped in and he asked a few questions. Of course, I acted like he was much better. But you know what? Maybe overall, I don't know. Me and Josh Hamilton are tied. No, he's bigger than me. Nothing I could do. I had a shot. If the family was a big hit, I would have beat him up. Anyway, then the other movie, I think I've discussed this movie uh, on the show. And if I did, well, it's my show. You get to hear it twice. Um, uh, it's not like our show ever talks about the Packers and the Cowboys all the time. So if I talk about a booking the second time, uh, it's a movie called Man on a Ledge. You ever see it? Actually no, but I, I heard somebody talk about it once before on a podcast. <laughs> okay, so, so it might have been me. The coolest thing about it, we shot it out. First of all, Elizabeth Banks was in it, and I just think Elizabeth Banks is like, you kick it out to her for a three, it's going in. Like she's, she's. You ever have one of those situations where you get deja vu like six times in a row? It could be, uh, we, but listen, you know what? I'll check with my producer of the show and see if, <laughs> if I did this already. God forbid. God forbid. The Jimmy Palumbo non-produced show. Um, I'm trying to think who was president last time I got a check for my t-shirts too. So <laughs> this is, this is, you know what? It's so great on Labor Day. Um, anyway, so the, the movie, the, they, they ran out, they physically ran out of checks. I didn't realize Venmo shut down as well. The, um, so, so this fucking is, we're all in such a bad mood here. I love this show now. This is becoming my favorite show, by the way. I did Man on a Ledge. We shot out in Long Island with Ed Harris. You know that the actor Ed Harris? He was the guy in Apollo 13. You know, yeah, Taylor's yeah. Milk shooter. Money. By the way, he's short. He's so tiny. But he's got like this... It's so funny. Remember I talked about how Tom Selleck, you're like... Get like Tom Selleck. Ed Harris is like... He's not a big man. But he had that aura of like... I was like... Now, not that he's a major movie star, but he's but he, he's, he, he's pretty big. Yeah, but I was like, he had that like, like Star Trek glow of like, he was very nice. But I was like, oh my god, that guy is a movie star. Like, I was in an elevator with him, and it just, I was like, he was a really nice guy. And we had to run out of the elevator and do some stuff. Um, but the coolest thing besides hanging out with Ed Harris all day was the whole movie. The guys on Man on a Ledge, they. Re- when you watch the movie, you swear he's really sitting on a real ledge, right? We were in this studio out in Long Island, which used to be the Gro- Grumman uh, air, uh, aircraft. They made planes back then. They recreated this ledge. So when you walk in, you just see this huge ledge with, with building windows and everything. But it's only six feet off the ground, so the camera can go underneath the ledge shooting. But it was like, I was... I, I was mesmerized, and I was dying. I asked the guy, any way I can climb up? He's like, Jimmy, you'll get fired on the spot if you climb up there. That was like, he goes, he look, guy looks at me, one of those guys with a cigarette, movie's called Man on a Ledge, so no, you can't climb on the ledge. <laughs> I so, But part of me was like, if I was like 19, and with my buddies, we all would have been on the ledge going, Yahoo! You know? But you, again, I always, I mention this all the time on, on these shows, you forget the Hollywood magic. And when you see it right in front of you, you're like, this is unbelievable. Like they, it looks so real, but yet it was only six feet. And when you watch the movie, you, it's like, wow, that was shot like six feet off the ground, but they add stuff to the sky, the background, everything. But it was a fun movie to do. They overpaid me. It was awesome. And I got to hang out with my cousins at Long Island. Um, the other show I did, which I think I might have mentioned, again, this is called The Mention Show. I did a web series called Headshots and Breakdowns. 
and there was a guy, uh, this guy John Graham, and he he was playing he was playing a character that was gay, and he was going on auditions. That's why it's called Headshots and Breakdowns. But he has a father who's a little bit like Archie Bunker, so I played the Archie Bunker. But in the script, his father loves his son dearly, but he's inappropriate without realizing it. So, but when he got on the set, everybody on the set. I, I got to word this politically right. Everyone on the set was part of perhaps the LGBTQTY community, and there I am on the on a sitting. And you're on, having to do like improv in a sense. Well, I had to do the lines, but he said, "Jimmy, I want you to improv." So I got this like old school cellular, um, you know, house phone, and he's calling me up from the street on the way to an audition, and I'm being inappropriate. Uh, but I'm like, son, what do you mean? I, you know, down to like, hey, listen, you know, casting couch. If you got to give a guy a reach around, you do what you got to do. Get more stuff like that. And he, that's what he wanted me to do. So the guy who hired me wanted me. But I guess the, the memo didn't go to everybody. So there I am sitting amongst. I mean, it would be like being in the middle of uh, cowboy fans and me ripping on. You know, it was like uh, somehow I made an analogy to cowboys to LG bits, which is great. Um, but no, it was like, no, it got awkward. I had, so I got, I got uncomfortable because the lady doing the makeup, because at the end of each take, I was, you know, saying stuff like half a fag and uh, little things like that. And because that's the guy, but I, I told him, I said, we have to show that how much I love him though. I just don't know how to handle my son being gay. And I had to pull him over the side. I was like, dude, I'm getting a little uncomfortable. Like are you, he goes, no, Jimmy, you're, you're doing exactly what I want you to do. That's how. That's because that's kind of how my dad is. I want you to, you know, it took place in Pittsburgh actually, um, but we shot it here, and uh, it was just really weird. But I thought you, know, you can see it online. I think some of my lines they cut out some of the more politically incorrect stuff I said, but uh, it's pretty funny. It was fun to do something politically incorrect that was allowed by the director and producer. You know what I mean? Um, so that was cool. The other one is Orange Is the New Black which was casted by Jennifer Houston, which um, she cast me a bunch of times. And I played a plumber that has to go to the girl's prison. Because if you watch Orange is the New Black, the, the shit started to go through the pipes and on, into the shower heads. Because these prisons are all shitty that way, literally. So I played the plumber, but here's the wild thing. I don't know if you guys can understand it. First of all, a couple of funny things happened. I was standing around for hours. They shoot naked stuff on Orange is the New Black when they're in the shower. So they make announcements. Everybody, please move out of the way. And I didn't know. I couldn't tell what the shower stall looked like because it was like all like prison kind of look. So I, I, I had, they had extras all over the place. And I felt I was part of the band. Not a big part of the band, but on, you know, playing an instrument on stage. And they, 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 she kept on yelling for everybody to move. So I was moving, but I was actually moving towards the showers. Okay. So next thing you know, I'm like... And I'm like hanging out and I had like a note, a, a book out. I was reading a book and leaning against the wall with my little, probably the same bag I'm carrying now. And so I thought like, oh, I'm good here, you know. And then all of a sudden, I, the lady said, sir, you got to move. I was like, okay. So I actually went into the shower because they didn't say we're shooting a shower. You know, they said we have to, you know, secure the set. She like follows me into the shower and is like, hey. What is your problem, sir? I'm like, I said, uh, what? She goes, we're shooting in here. We're shooting naked scenes. You can't be. I'm like, oh. Then I realized she probably thought I was just some extra because I was reading a book. I'm like, I said, no. So my scenes are in the shower. 
She goes, who are you? I'm thinking, clearly she knew I wasn't going to be naked. I, she goes, uh, I go, I played a plumber. She goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. She looks up her sheet, Jimmy Plumbo, I'm so sorry. She goes, Jimmy, you can't be here. We're shooting naked people here. You're not allowed to be. I was like, oh, my God, get me out of here. So I'm like, so someone on the set thought I was a creep. But here's the best. So the, I have to play a guy who's putting like a snake into this drain. Okay. The guy, there was a, a guy doing props. He had to make the fake shit like the diarrhea-looking poop coming out. So your mind is totally a mind fuck because it doesn't smell because it was Home Depot plaster of Paris mixed with brown stuff. And these guys, like, they really get into it. Like, they really want to make it look like sewer shit. You know what I mean? But your brain, like, I didn't want to touch it because I thought it was shit, but I'm a plumber, so I... You're a plumber, you guys. So I had these gloves on and everything, but like, I was like, and even like people, the other, the cat. It probably helps the acting though, if you actually could really think it's shit. Yeah, but yes and no, because not, not, not from the plumber. That's what he does for a living. But it was like, it was so weird. But I like, I remember going like, so the guy goes to me like, Jimmy, you got to really dig it in there and blah, blah, blah. And it was directed by Andrew McCarthy. That little, uh, he was the, one of the Brad Pack guys. Good looking guy. He was in uh, all those movies with the, in the 80s and stuff. But I couldn't really get into like, because it was like, this is not, my brain was like telling me it's shit and it's not shit. Much like this podcast. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, but that was me there. The other one I did, um, I'm just going on and on here at this point, was um, a show called Taxi Brooklyn, okay, which was a Luke Passan who I did the family with. He produced his show. It was a show, it's about this taxi driver that solves crimes. Sounds horrific. And NBC bought it and um, they put it, and I had to play detective. Here's the worst part. There was a scene where they were looking for someone who had this tattoo, and one of the other cops realizes that it could be a detective in the precinct that has this tattoo. My character was innocent. So they walk in in the scene and be like, guys, take your shirts off. Sorry, I'm going to button down and a tie. I had to take my shirt off. Now, you have no idea how embarrassing this is. Like my white, Irish, ruddy, fat, pale, pasty, pale, pasty see-through belly with the tight belt gut ripping over it, and we deep, had to, deep and belly it was like button. A, there was like a totally hot like a, a, a PA coming running around, and I was like, I realized now. I looked around. And the funny thing was, thank God the other detectives. I was probably I don't know if I was the worst in shape, but none of us were any. Thank God I was kind of in a league of our own here. Like none of us were thrilled, and then the other guy had the tattoo. And they nail him. But I was like, oh, my God. But thank God they shot it kind of creative. So on the actual uh, cut of the TV, it's still on somewhere. Uh, I don't, it, it, it's like it's not that bad. But I was like, that was the worst three hours of my acting career. Because then you have to put your shirt back on, button the tie, another take, take your shirt off. And I have to be angry, like, really? Want me to take my, like, inside, I'm like, I don't want to do this. But the character had to be like, I'll take my shirt off. I'm innocent. But, like, just my... My gut hanging out. It was so awful. I, I didn't eat for like seven days after that. Then, of course, I went to McDonald's and caught up. Um, and uh, I'll do one more. I know we'll extend I thought, you, I thought maybe you should do like 13 or 14 more. No, I'm going to do one more. Well, it's a big one. I did Taken Free, which is on now. We shot that in Atlanta. It was directed by a guy named Oliver Megaton, who is another Luke Besson from the family, even though the family bombed in the theaters. I got work off the family for sure. Um this was awesome because they flew me down to Atlanta and I was supposed to go in to a, a fitting right away. It was on a Friday. 
but the fitting got canceled because whenever they were shooting. So I flew in on Friday. I got paid Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday was the fitting paid. Tuesday and Wednesday, I got like six days pay out of it. They were overpaying me. It was awesome. Um, I got to hang. I got to hang out in a like one of those five star hotels in Atlanta, and I just like, <laughs> like I had hundred hundred and seventy day uh, hundred and seventy dollar. Uh, uh, Per diem, so I and it's cash. They gave you cash. So you just got is, like a hundred and fifty dollar bottle of wine. I went. I, I took. I took like. Uh, I took a taxi cab to a liquor store. Bought like a case of Bud cans, and I just. And then I went down to the sushi bar. I was like buying drinks for people. Like, oh, get the next day, get another seventy five. I felt rich for a second. Did it roll um, over? What? Was it rollover? No, you just get the cash every day, every morning. They come in. Oh, under, so under, it, was, it was actually cash. One seventy five a day, bro. It was a beautiful thing. So, uh, but I got to meet Liam Neeson. And I did my scene, though. I met him, and it was just after, not too long after Liam Neeson's wife died in that horrible ski uh, accident thing. And I remember he just, first of all, you know, taken, taken three, taken guy, you know. Um, I, he, I talked to one of the PAs, and I'm like, oh, how's he doing, you know? And she goes, he's fine. He's real professional. He's a really sweet guy. Then this girl, I don't even know who this girl is, and I'm not giving up anything other than she goes, he just has a total aura of sadness about him. Because his wife had just died, I think, like three or four or five months earlier. He goes, he just seems like a, you know, still devastated. And they, cause they were married for a long time. Um, but Forrest Whitaker, um, he was another one of those guys. Uh, he wasn't not friendly, but he was like, uh, look, he was looking at me like I was, you know, uh, wallpaper. And, uh, but when we did the scene, he did a couple of takes. And I really, we were in the room. He's talking to six detectives about the case. I got to. It's always great to watch an actor bumble through his lines in the beginning, and, and of course inside you're like, oh my god, he does, he sucks. And all of a sudden, like the second take, it's almost like a quarterback in that first couple of series. He's throwing the ball high. You ever see sometimes Tom Brady like, oh, he's a little off, and all of a sudden it's like he got locked in. And I was like, ooh, this guy's a badass. But I had to improv, so he wasn't looking at me at all, even though I was right in front of him. But I had to improv a few lines. I'm lying. No, I'm saying Lawrence Fishburne. No, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, or, or Forrest Whitaker has that. Um, am I the? Am I on the right? Page yes, he, we, I'm not. Yes, he has. His, one of his eyes is off, but you know what? So, so that okay. You were mocking me out for t saying Lucy Liu had a hot body, and now you're doing this. If I, we, if this was on video right now, we'd be banned from Facebook. Well, but, well, what I'm trying to say is, like, I was sitting across from him. I'm trying to say, like, maybe you should change the approach of the joke because if you're sitting there and you're talking about a guy that's cross-eyed, you're like, he's not even looking at me, even though I'm sitting right across from him. That's my, how no, it no. might get taken. No, it's not. He was not even paying attention to me. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. I'm sorry, the Whitaker family. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, so, but then I improved a couple of funny lines. I just, I just got lucky with like a little improv. And after that, he only looked at me. And I was like, oh, this guy, he realized, who are these boobs in front of me? They all suck. Oh, this guy's funny. I'll talk to him. And yes, I did realize I had to figure out which eye to commit to. So yes, I did go through that. But that's not fair to the, to the he's only won Academy Awards and he's famous. Well, I was going to edit that part out. Because you think, well, well, but yeah, but that won't get edited out for at least another fifteen hours. So that's it. Taken three. Um, so now I'm leaving it. Uh, which I went. This is embarrassing. When the movie came out, came out on a Friday. 
some movie theaters on Thursday night before a big movie comes out. They have midnight screenings. You ever hear of this one? Like a big star. We went to the Ridgewood Quad. There were seven people in the theater. It was nine degrees out. <laughs> we went. And my buddy yells out, hey, I'm sitting with a guy who was in the movie. No response. Somebody yells out, who cares? So then... I'm like, no, I really am in the movie. And then one lady, she goes, what part? I played as detective. Like, and my buddy was like, this is so late. Meanwhile, we snuck in booze. I'm pouring scotch over uh, ice. But the best part was, first half hour, I'm not in the movie yet. So all of a sudden we hear a guy yells out, hey, dude, where are you, bro? You're not in this movie. Like, these guys give me. So I'm like, I know, I'm getting nervous myself. Everybody got cut out. And I hear like the giggles. Uh, Next thing you know, I, well, my face pops up. I'm like, that's me, that's me. And people started to clap in the movie theater. And then afterwards, uh, when the movie ended, they're like coming up to me like, dude, it's so awesome. And then finally one guy goes, I don't know who you are, but I don't re- I've been going to the movies. My He was like 70 years old. He's like, I've been going to my movies my whole life. I don't remember anybody being in the movie, in the movie theater. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, you just broke a record right there. But the best part was my buddy had to go out for a smoke. And, you know, they locked the doors, these midnight screenings. It was, he left his jacket on the chair. He went outside to go get a smoke. He couldn't get back in the theater. And it was the kind of, so I drove. He had no, no phone, no way to get back in, no way to get in the car. And it was one of those windy, nine degree, rare, like, completely, people die if your heat goes off. (laughs) 15 minutes, I'm like, where'd he go? And I don't know why. I just said, something's not right. He should be back. by. He was quick smoking back in. He's outside, like, frost on his, like, he was like, oh, 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 my God. So he came back in. He wouldn't talk to me the rest of the day. Didn't you realize? I thought maybe you met somebody. Yeah, else. eventually, after 15 minutes, he I Because I almost froze to death throwing taking three. He, has, he hasn't come to a Rutgers game or a movie with me since. Anyway, so that's it. Now a word from our sponsor. Service Team of Professionals, a.k.a. Stop Restoration of Edison, is a locally owned and operated business that provides professional disaster cleaning and restoration services, including a 24-hour emergency service to homeowners, property managers, real estate investors, and insurance companies alike. Stop Restoration helps people overcome the stress and anxiety of unforeseen circumstances caused by fire, smoke, water, mold, and other unexpected damages. As part of a nationally recognized restoration franchise, Stop Restoration of Edison is backed by the best technical advisors and business consultants in the country. Visit them right now online at www.stop-edison.com. All right, we are back. Pete A. Bean, my boy, go to his company, especially with Ida. I'm sure he's busy. Or if he's not busy, he should go out of business. Um, <laughs> and Pete's getting thrown under the bus here at Shea. I got nothing else to report other than we just we have to we just have to end this podcast now because <laughs> you guys look tired. You did your show. It just this this place does not have the same feel the Rutgers game did on Saturday. But Chop Sports has a very big week. NFL. We got the uh Big game Thursday night, the Bucks, uh, Giants play Denver, and uh, the Cow. The Bucks versus who? Well, first of all, this game's a nightmare for me. I, I can't stand Tom Brady, and I hate the Cowboys. So I got to root for Tom Brady because I'm a Giant fan, so Giants can maybe win the division. But I, I just part of me that either way, I'll probably feel okay. But I made my prediction. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, the wheels are finally going to come off because they're 92 years old and it can't go on forever. Who is your Super Bowl winner this year? Just go go out on a limb right now. The end Super of the show. Bowl winner. I am going to say Super Bowl winner is going to be 
the New England Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots just won it all. That's great. No, you know what? I can't. I tell you why I can't make that prediction. I hate the Patriots. Too. Yeah, and you hate so you can't it, make the reason prediction. why you hate the Patriots is because they're Red Sox fans. I I actually think now you guys have probably touched on this, and I'm not I'm not like I'm I'm, I'm a Giant fan, not a, like the whole NFL. This, this year does seem a little more wide open than normal, but yeah. I, you know what? Listen, the Bucks are going to be good. They have a very good line, very good defense. They still have Tom Brady. They're going to be good. The uh, um, the Packers are still going to be good. They were good last year. Aaron Rodgers, they're still going to be good. So you know, Bucks. Uh, you know, so you know. just on the heels of him just saying like the the Brady and the Rodgers, yeah, the but, wheels but, are going to fall off. Now no, he's like, you know what? But when it comes to the Super Bowl, they're one of those. No, but two you guys can't are gonna you win can't it. deny that those two. No, teams, I, I agree. Like if you if and you then ask, the Chiefs are going to be there in the AFC. Yeah, the Chiefs. Uh, I was getting to the Chiefs are going. You know what? Chiefs are going to win it. I'll go with the Chiefs. All right. Fair you enough. know why? I don't hate the Chiefs. That's why I think. But I think this is wide open. I think this might be one of those weird years. Coming off the COVID last year, different crap going on. This might be like a post-pandemic weird. And you thing. don't know which team is going to get decimated by the COVID Could and when. That. I think the Giants are going to be better. Like, you know, I'm, as a Rutgers fan and Giant fan, I'm just using the word "better" a lot. Like, not going to be good, but Giants haven't been good in 20 years. So why am I going to say they're going to be good now? But if they get in the Super Bowl, the Giants have. If they get in the playoffs, the Giants sometimes are a bitch when they tell me get in the playoffs. No, the Giants are not. The, been a long it's time. been a decade since we started recording this show. It's a long show. Here. How long is this show right now? Uh, buck eleven. Nice, <laughs> buck eleven. It is. I'm sure Chris will narrow it down to buck oh five. I'm sorry, everybody. We're just tired. Long weekend. Rutgers won, and. Uh, Everybody wants to go. There's a couch here. Chris is going to go to sleep right after this. No, he's probably going to go out with his girlfriend and go to a nice barbecue. Right? Where have you yeah. gone? We'll see you next week with a very special guest.